This just in. The following podcast is not suited for most human beings. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Four Piece Suit. We are your hosts this evening. I am Lady. And I am the Jew. We are going to be doing our first episode of Alabama for you today. And that is our first episode, as in first podcast episode ever of Four Piece Suit. Hope you guys enjoy. This is going to be very interesting. We're going to be discussing anything from unsolved murders to true crime to the paranormal and anything else in between, plus all the other nonsense that you're going to hear us ramble on about, because we do that quite extensively. Along with the addition of lots of humor and what I would like to think of as wit and, you know, just probably poor taste and senseless jokes. So this is going to be kind of graphic. There's going to be some inappropriate conversation, bad language, and violence. Or, like, really annoying mouth sounds or bodily noises, like, should one of us decide to eat a Sour Patch straw during the show? Anywho. So who wants to go first? Um, I have notes here, and if we're doing states, I do have state facts on Alabama, which alphabetically is the first state. Um, if you want to go ahead and start with the facts, then um, you have story two. How many do you have? Well, um, I have a couple that I pulled together, like four, with some, like... Let me see if any of them are the ones that I did. So the state that we are starting off with, as I've stated, is Alabama. And the very first fact that is strange, mysterious, and wild that must be known about this state. My mom was born there in Montgomery. Yep, U.S. Air Force Base. Do-do-do-do-do-do. That's yeah. a fact. <laughs> so um, Alabama was actually the 22nd state to be uh, in doctrine to the U.S. As far, as far as, like, all the states, you know, being considered as one country. Um, they were the first state to actually create and design and uh, fly the Confederate flag, which I'm sure goes over real well in people knowing that these days. Um, also, Alabama is known for its cotton ability, and also it was the place where Mardi Gras was officially, like, the first day of Mardi Gras was officially celebrated and came to be, like, a, an event. So. so if any of these facts that she just spouted are incorrect, I I don't want to hear about it because I didn't do it. Those are all, by the way, from the website, www.al, as in alabama.com, the state website. Oh, Okay. <laughs> So wait, wait, the state website had a fact about your mom being born there? No, that's just my own personal fact that I would like people to know. My mother was born there. And you know, being a Jewish daughter, I gotta bring her up at least once, otherwise I'll never hear the end of it. I know, Mama Jew. Let's get this through. The stories that I was able to find. We kind of did this on a whim, not knowing which stories either of us would be choosing to like bring to the table. So I wasn't sure if you saw like that crackle boom. One, like, the big-ass sound that, like, one day people in a certain city of Alabama heard. No, I think you and I went in different directions. I actually did an unsolved murder from 1999. Good. Okay. Well, I did. Okay. So, I'll start off with six, the weirdness, because I have a serial killer and faculty murders. But the interesting thing, I thought, a piece of Africa, like, the Africa continent, the land, was actually found underneath the crust surface of what? Alabama. This was discovered in the year of 2014. Did you the, get this from a fucking tabloid? This is from www.al.com. Right, the don't state know how... website for Alabama, which has also been confirmed by discovery.com. The April article on discovery.com tells of one of the most unusual discoveries in Alabama. A piece of the content of Africa has been found underneath it, the surface of its terrain. So apparently... The quote says, geoscientists identified a chunk of Africa that was stuck. How does it get stuck there? It's not stuck. <laughs> like it just like wedged itself. Yeah. It's like, 
It's like, shit, man. I got lost on my way over to Egypt. Now I'm in fucking Alabama. That is like way the hell off. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, okay. Isn't Georgia like over in that area? Do not ask me. Like, cause Crimea and crap. Like that's. Do you remember the last conversation that we had? Uh, about like Ecuador and Peru. And- that means that, you know what? Honduras probably was in Florida and Ecuador and Peru probably were right next to each other. We were right. <laughs> like seriously. Yeah. And if Africa can be in Alabama. So it was stuck onto the southeastern United States, Larry O'Hanlon wrote. The peace apparently remained with North America after an ancient collision and subsequent separation of the two continents. <gasps> Am I hearing some Europa? Th- oh, isn't that what it's called? Yeah. Europa conspiracy theorists, anyone? Like the whole major, like, we were all one piece of land. And then God split us apart. Okay, but is it... uh, No, that's not the story. Isn't it? It's We're all one continent, and then the the fucking tectonic plates shifted, and the continent I thought that was God. Like, there, now you guys are apart. Wait, wait. (laughs) That's God going pop, 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 pop. You've never heard, like, how the tectonic plates, like, shift... And, like, the continents broke and over time separated and slowly moved. But in my learning schools back out in Queen Creek's town, they said us it was God's doing. Oh. But, yes, that's actually what I did here. Well, they're all essentially tied in. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And then it says it's how they discovered that it was specifically Africa was a long, mysterious zone of unusual magnetism that stretches from Alabama through Georgia and offshore North Carolina coast appears to be the suture between ancient rocks that formed parts of Africa and North America that were pressed together 250 million years ago. If so... Africa could have left a lot more behind the American South. Okay, blah, blah. Well, seriously, though. I mean, come on. We have, like, cavemen and shit, like fossils. So, okay. So, there. I thought that was rather interesting. So, there was that one. Okay, you do – did you have one story or did you have – I had one very long story. So, if you'd like to go and, and finish what you found. The other weird thing is that there was a day where it rained eels, like, as in eels. Like, yeah, the things like flotsam and jetsam from, like, the Little Mermaid. You know, I've heard about that, actually. Not eels itself but like i've heard like fish and stuff because they actually just get sucked up (laughs) right well there's like a snopes thing where it's like where they go to get like water for like to put out fires like the big you know first rescue helicopters and they like like, the tank it out which is totally not true because they said like one time there was a diver that got sucked up in that thing and then he was dropped on a camp like so why is there a diver's dead body found in the middle of a forest which is, you know, bullshit. But um, there are anomalies that do occur like that. You're right. Sucked up usually from weather anomalies. But it did rain eels, which is what makes this a little extra strange, in Colburg, Alabama. So in May of 1892, the New York Sun reported a strange event following a storm. So there you are. Weather anomaly. Mm-hmm. In the tiny community of Colburg. Couldn't you imagine the people from Twister? Like, quick, Bill, Anne, what the fuck ever her name was. I don't even know. I think it was Anne or <laughs> something. Right? He's like, get Dorothy in there. We need to shoot. Get, get Dorothy. I remember the name of the machine. So the other stories that I found were these two. I'll go with the serial killer and then I'll go into the murder since you have an unsolved murder. So I oh, found good. Audrey Marie Hiley, Hilly, however the fuck you say that. Let me see. The Black Widow. Ooh. Isn't she a, a looker there, folks? I think it's Hilly. Like, no wonder why. What did you why. say? Highly? Could have been. Like, you know how sometimes, like, a double L totally, like, makes your eye go long when you read a word? Like, as they taught you in Hooked on Phonics. <laughs> I never took Hooked on Phonics. So, no. <laughs> I was a champ It's on. definitely Hilly. And if it's wrong, 
sue me. I don't care. Right. Well, she's dead, so it doesn't matter anyway. I wasn't I mean, talking to her. I was for serious. Well, she should be the one that would sue, but with a face like that, seriously. I don't think she's that bad looking. Oh my god, that's like that's before filters. Like, could you imagine? Like, that's just like old grainy newspaper look. Yeah, she looks all right. She looks like she has a five o'clock shadow and one. No, it's just a bad photo and a draft nose. No, she's got a draft nose, folks. Oh, and she's got Jiffy Pop Jew curl hair. Like, poof! Anywho, like, one of those Brillo pads. And she kind of looks like she would have been that meth head neighbor that, like, lived in the trailer back Holy in yonder. shit! I know she's a serial killer and all, but, like... <laughs> I mean, seriously, this is just kind of what she reminds me of. Like, imagine you have that one crazy old neighbor that lives at the end of the block in the trailer that you never see them come out of the house unless it's to, like, kick out a cat that they didn't even know that they owned. And, like, have or kick live wire away from their trailer, like, meager livings. And, you know, she was, like, wearing Walmart. Not even Walmart. No, that's actually, like, fancified. She's, like, wearing... Goodwill. No, that's even expensive. Salvation Army. There you are. There There you (laughs) are. There you are. Church church donations. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The church donates. Clothing. Not that those are bad. I go there. Right? And, I mean, seriously, it's great stuff. That's why you're giving Christians and church people, right? So, there. But she's clearly, like, selling meth on the side. You could just tell. Like, meth or, yeah, hillbilly. Hillbilly uh, alcohol, like in the Ozarks. You mean, like, moonshine? Like in Alabama, where she was a serial killer, right? All right. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> so, basically, she was known for killing um, her husbands. But husbands? She, uh, yeah, because she had, well, didn't she have two? I kind of, like, briefly gazed over well, her story. You can ask me. I didn't read about it, so I, I don't felt know. like her serial killing style wasn't very authentically original all out go for the glory and like slit the throat blow up the head do something but no or inject them with drugs which is poison no i see i i think poison is a shit way to go oh it's a shit way to go but i feel like it's also like just so like i would if i were a serial killer like i would want the notoriety of being like oh my god that is so horrifyingly heinous and morose and like what the hell? Oh, they died of arsenic poisoning. A horrible, slow way How to die. the hell do you get arsenic? Well, funny thing you should ask. Apparently she had a butt ton of rats out there in Alabama woodland hills that just you made them feelings. You need to stop saying Alabama. Like, like. <laughs> your state shouldn't be called that if you can't. I mean, there's no other way to say Alabama. It's just kinda, Alabama. It rolls out. like Alabama. See how it goes. Alabama. No, I'm, I'm just enunciating for you to show you that Alabama can See come how, out like, better. Even then, it, like, breaks itself off into two, like, different syllables. No, because syllables. there are people that live in Alabama, Alabama. that don't, don't speak, like, from Alabama, y'all. Yeah, but they, they do say, like, like okay, maybe not quite like this, because it's, like, way overdone. But now, it's just fun to say that name. It's like Mississippi. Like, how can you say Mississippi no, you without can't silently say saying it in your And that's why you can't say Alabama without going to Alabama. I learned If your If BAM is in your state's name, you're going to go BAM. What? Like... Bam! Kick it up and like bam, like Alabama, yo. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Hilly. So yeah, so Hilly, um, first she tried to arsenic the shit out of both her husband and her daughter at the same time, apparently, because like it would only make sense if you're going to kill one, why not kill the other to make it look like wow, there was a whole random family poisoning all together. But I didn't get sick at all, right? Even though everybody else's hair fell out and shit like that, I'm like, oh my god, why do they keep eating the strawberry ice cream? Well, so wait, was the husband biologically the father of the daughter? Actually, no. Yes, he was, and this only happened after they took out an extremely large life. Oh, of course, that's the only way to do it but the reason i ask is because then she could claim that it's a genetic trait oh like they both nice but see that doesn't quite work they tried to do that with sids and then they found out boom munchausen by proxy y'all with that lady that had like 18 baby death cribs i heard about that and that would be like this those are all the little dead babies by the way being 
thought. Maybe, maybe don't pop dead babies like this. See, here's the thing. I thought I was going to be the more like offensive. Yes. Oh, fuck no. Not with this shit. This is why you wanted to be anonymous. Exactly. (laughs) She knew coming in she was going to be an asshole. I knew coming in that, yep, I would lay waste to anyone on this show. So that said, uh, she registered at a hotel. She escaped from jail. Then they found her naked body after they did catch her from the husband. Like, this 1979, by the way, P.S. So it's like disco balls and, like, Brady Bunch and this lady killing her family with arsenic. I like how you toss in the Brady Bunch. Well, it's like the 70s, right? No, 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 no. I mean, I like how you toss in the Brady Bunch for the loving, happy family and then said that she murdered all of hers. Oh, that's a really good, like, juxtapose, right? I didn't even think. I was just giving them a reference frame. Like, the 70s, Yahoo! Like, Xanadu, Grease, Death by Arsenic. So this lady um, was caught because they were like, oh my God, he has all the symptoms of arsenic poisoning. Let's get her. So he lived. Oh, excuse me. The daughter lived. The husband died. She was arrested and escaped from jail three days later, in which they were able to find her out in the forest, probably in the Ozarks. I don't know. Somewhere around there. Um, Her naked body was out there. She was still alive, but like crawling around apparently. Just like she was like hungry and cold and shit, but why would she be naked? It's weird. So, right. (laughs) Maybe. <laughs> no, you sure she wasn't on drugs? Maybe I mean, like was, you said, you wanted, she, she was, was on the arsenic. <laughs> she took the arsenic and got super hot. <laughs> She's like, oh my god, I just figured out the recipe for it. Oh, mess. Ooh, mess. <laughs> Gotta warm up somehow. Right? So, and then she like went to prison for 20 years after that, and they end. Oh, and she got a new husband. That's why she had multiple husbands. Because like in prison, like some guy was like, I'll marry you. You look like my husband. Brad the boy. My husband. You my, look like you look like my last husband. Yeah, exactly. So. Last one is the faculty meeting murders. And I found this one to be rather interesting because I specifically remember when this story hit the news. So I thought, good for you, girl. You get him. You go get him. The faculty meeting murders happened in 2010. They were conducted by Amy Bishop. She was a mother of four, a Harvard trained neurobiologist. So it's like, oh my God, she's like Prance, like, prepped with fanciness and prestige in Alabama. Here we go again. And a biology professor at the University of Alabama. Thank you. You're welcome. Huntsville, by the way. It's got that little dash. Alabama. Huntsville. Alabama. Huntsville, Alabama is actually what it would be. Uh, well, it says University of. When tonight? Hey, at least it's university, though. Right? I know. They finally graduated their way up into the big leagues. Jesus Christ. Bam! (laughs) (laughs) But being a neurobiology professor with a Harvard education, she had been denied tenure. Because as you well know, for those living in America, we so dearly appreciate our educators and their, their, their excellent ways of making sure that we remain as intelligent with the smartestness in this country. You say it like that, but obviously that's sarcasm beyond galore. We don't appreciate Oh, it's, it is awful. Like, really? You're going to pay sports people, like football players, millions? And then the people that are actually educating tomorrow's generation. Like, the next, the future of our next generation. Um, Piddlywinks, where they have to actually have, like, host two or three jobs on the side just to make rent. It's ridiculous. It, it's it's hor- disgusting. It's horrifying. So when they took away her tenure... And she, like, worked her ass off because, you know, she, like, went to Harvard. That shit's not cheap. No, it isn't. And, you know, those professors aren't even getting paid for that shit. But the people making the Harvard books, the people making those Harvard gowns, the people, anyway. That's We digress. Apologize. She had it, I guess, a little fed up, this mother of four. No shit. Came in and uh, she killed the department chairman, which I think is good to go because you're, like, cutting the fat, you know? Like, 
pow, shot him in the head. Two biology professors, she probably figured they'd be better off dead because they were in so much debt. As well as wounding two other professors and staff assistants, she basically gave them workman's conk. So, for life, you know? So, the murders then led to a reinvestigation of her past because apparently this is not new behavior. When she was 20 years old, she had actually killed her brother with a single shot. What? So, see, even the smartest of us can't ever be trusted. Especially when they live in Alabama. (laughs) So that said, that was the faculty meeting murders. But I thought, really? They took away her tenure? Like, this lady just went off on YouTube, people, because they stopped paying her, like, royalties. Like shit she was posting. And killed them. So, you know. That's a shit day for you, I suppose. But she did say she was terribly sorry to all the victims and their families. And my family, she said. The end. Oh, well, she apologized. That means it doesn't count. Right? Moving on. <laughs> I can't with you. I can't do it. Are you done? Is that your that, last? That's the last one. Yes. Okay, so we're going to go into a long-winded conversation here. You can interrupt me at any point. I did a little bit of research. Most of the information that I actually got was from... Speaking of um, Harvard, it's like a scholarly paper she put together. It's impressive, folks, I must say. You know, and I can't take full credit for it because I actually got 90% of my information from Wiregrass Angel House because despite this being such an old case, it's from 1999, I couldn't find any police report information that was posted. I had to go, like, from the people that actually followed it and, like, read their information on it. So I've, like, kind of cleaned it up a little bit to make it my own thing. You've, like, totally caught my intrigue now, too. So we're going to discuss a little bit about the victims. I don't know much about them. Like I said, this is my first time trying to do the research on this. Hopefully I'll get better, but bear with me. Um, But we're going to talk about J.B. Beasley and Tracy Howlett. So they were... Both 17. And actually, fun fact, J.B. Beasley was 16, but it was her 17th birthday. She'd actually literally just turned 17, which is kind of a bummer. Well, then she learned the truth at said. We are definitely going to have some extensive conversation about this story. So, okay, so we're going to start with Beasley. Her name was uh, J.B. Hilton Green Beasley. She was born on July 31st in 1982 in Troy, Alabama to Hilton, I'm going to say these people's names wrong and that's fine, Hilton Beasley and Cheryl, excuse me, Stout. They included the father's name, wait, I'm hoping the father's name was Hilton as part of her namesake. Like her name is like Jamie blah blah Hilton. J.B. Hilton Green Beasley, yeah. That's horrid. Like, oh, since you're a girl, we're going to make it a middle name. Like, would you ever want to announce that to somebody? Like, my middle name, thank God it wasn't like Edgar. But like Hilton, Paris Hilton. Well, but this is 1982, before Hilton B was even up. Well, I'm just saying. So, And then to be associated with that. Her, I mean, her family moved to a Dothan, and I think that's how you say that. Dothan or Dothan. Um, JB was two when she moved there. So from Troy to Dothan. And then in the eighth grade, she was a cheerleader. She was in dance for 10 years, and she was friends with uh, Jana Hare. She did have a strained relationship with her mother, and they've, they've definitely disclosed that. So she actually moved in with her dance instructor. That's weird. And her dance instructor became her legal guardian. Wow. That's like a little love. Hmm. Okay. So her mother actually said that she was kind of a rebel, didn't have a care in the world. Out, She's like, like she dance. just didn't care. Like God damn that girl. She didn't care about... Get their head on her shoulders. Like, right. you know, Get her head straight in that. Your teenage daughter and your mother, they're going to fight. Right. But her mom was just like, she was pretty much just... You'll a, never make a, anything of yourself. Who wants a dancer in life? But it works for Jennifer Beals and Flashdance. You're not Jennifer Beals. 
So her mother just assumed she was a bad egg, I guess. But a lot of her peers said that she was just outgoing and really lonely. How sad. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, and then her friend, Tracy Hollett, she was born on March 3rd in 1982. And she was a beauty contest finalist. Her father passed away when he was 45 in 1987 and her mother remarried and she's very present at like the interviews. I found a lot of like videos of her discussing the murder and stuff and she seems she seems really open to discuss it. She just that just seems sad to me like yeah um, and especially when they're unresolved like or unsolved in general she like wants, the mom's like you'll they'll never have peace, you know. No, yeah, and she definitely is is wanting to obviously find out what's going on, but she seems to be have accepted the fact that it's probably never going to happen. Mm. Her stepfather, on the other hand, I hadn't seen him speak a single thing. That doesn't mean that he isn't involved. It could just be I right. didn't find the information on it, so I don't have but anything. That's in, it is an interesting side note, though, because they always say, like, check the, the circle, for the inner circle first, you know? Yeah, we're going to get into the story here. So on July 31st in 1999... Turning 17. And remember, Beasley was born on the 31st. Oh my god, I bet she loved that song by ABBA. She danced and she was turning 17. That's probably what they were listening to on the car ride. So, here we go. July 31st in 1989, the two teenage girls went out to celebrate Beasley's birthday. Now, there are a lot of records that say that they were on their way to a field party, but according to Hollett's mom... What the fuck is a field party? I don't know. But according to Hollett's mom, it's not... I'm assuming it's like a desert party. Like what oh, we have like a, out in Arizona. Uh, yeah, okay, gotcha. But um, they have fields there. They don't have desert, so it would be the same thing. Kind of like a wild, rebunctious, like, kids get together and, like, bonfires and stuff, I guess. It's the way Alabama bams a party. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. Um, but according to Hollett's mother, that's a rumor. It's not true. They were actually on the way to a friend's house to celebrate a birthday party. They weren't, like, going to the field. But I don't know. That's interesting. Maybe that's it. what she wants to believe. She's like, my daughter would never partake and in such horror. kind of what I was thinking, too. But she said, you can't always believe what you hear. Over the years, it's been said the two girls were headed to a field party. No, they were not. They were headed to a birthday party for JB, which could have been in a field. Like, <laughs> but that's Or, like, funny. what if that was, like, code word, like? birthday party code field field yeah. party field 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 so Beasley arrived at Hollett's uh, between 9.45pm and 10pm uh, to pick her up god damn that's late yeah it was, I guess she had just gotten off of work she worked at JCPenney's God, none of I live out here in like Momoville, as in Mormonsville. Like none of the JC I've ever been to has ever been open that late before. It's usually this like is six, 1999. Seven. They might have changed. I don't know. But this is out in Alabama. Uh. That's true. Um. So on the route from Dothan to Headland, Dothan to Headland, the two girls were reportedly lost. So oh, they never actually arrived at Jenna Hare's house for the party where they well, were no, supposed shit. to go. In Headland at 10:30 p.m., the girls were spotted at a gas station by a payphone supposedly calling a friend to get direction. Because, again, 1999, no cell phones. Right, but there should be a track record of the payphone then. So around 11.30 p.m. that same night, the girls were spotted at this store called Little Big in the Ozarks, 20 miles northwest of Dalton. So they'd gone 20 miles apparently in the wrong direction. Um, Marilyn Merritt was approached by the girls and gave them directions back to Dothan. And according to Merritt, the girls seemed to be clear of any substances and the car looked fine. Like they didn't, they didn't look like they had been drinking or on drugs. She said that they, they they just looked literally hella lost. Right. Yeah. 
So using a payphone at the Little Big store, Tracy contacted her mother to let her know that her and Beasley had gotten lost and she would be home as soon as they could. That her mom says they never made it to that party. Thank God she at least got to get that last phone call in. Yeah. Her mom had specifically said, like, the last thing I got to hear was, I love you. Thank and God. she was like, most people don't get that. I was going to say, that is something that's a rarity. So uh, Marilyn Merritt was actually the last known person to have seen the Beasleys, the Beasley and Holiday Life. Was she, did you say she was an employee? No, she was just there with her daughter picking up supplies or something that at night. At like 11.30 at night. Well, she's not a suspect, so. I know, but like, why the fuck is she out so late and with her daughter? I don't know. Maybe it was summer break. It's a field party day. That's where she came from. She is actually the host of the field party. <laughs> <laughs> now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> so after Tracy didn't return home, her mother contacted the police department to report her missing. And around 8 a.m., the officers found Beasley's car. Oh, that's nothing good come of that. So the vehicle was nearly out of gas and covered in mud. And the driver's side window was rolled down slightly and the door was unlocked. But Beasley's driver's license, which is really weird to me, it was on the dashboard. What the hell? Which you would pull that out if you'd gotten pulled over by a police officer, right? Driver's license? Just the driver's license. Like, right. not a wallet, not a just purse. Just the license. It seems strange to me. But And the car's covered completely in mud. Yeah, it said that they, and the doors were open. So her purse was inside, and so was Hollett. And there was just the one driver's license. And the only thing that mis- was missing was the car keys. Hmm. Okay. So, Officer Tipton, he's the one that was at the vehicle. You had a tip and to be tipped off. Oh, yes. <laughs> He waited at the car to see if the girls would come back because they'd assumed that maybe they'd left it so they could go to the party and get lit and then, you know, walk back to the car in the morning. Oh, fuck. We got it in the wreck with mud. Oh, my God. Your driver's license. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. That was just like the what if scenario. Right. If the happiness had been at the ending of this. And they were just assuming that that's kind of what happened. After a few hours, Tipton started to feel like something was really wrong. So he was there, like, waiting for a hours. Few hours. Yeah. And this is at 8 in the morning, so it's right. probably, like, what, like 11, 12 now? At 2 o'clock p.m. Shitness. Officers realized they didn't need the keys to actually open the trunk of the car. What the so, fuck? Okay, because you can pop it from the inside. Right. After six hours, they decided to pop the trunk. Six hours. And they waited for that long. Okay. And I'm not, like, the police well, department, whatever, that's... But I no, just but feel I like that'd be like one of the first things that I would try. But to I also do. wonder if there's like a, stat, uh, a set of limitations that you might have to or a procedure because if that's actually searching property, that's but if not, there's reasonable doubt or cause. They didn't have that back then in 1999. We hadn't lost the World Trade Centers yet. Oh, okay, makes <laughs> sense. I don't know things. So, but like, but maybe although because the car was open, that could have been grounds to like check, you know. But like right. with the lock, tr- I don't know. Don't- I, I don't know. So Hollett and Beasley were both inside of the trunk. In the trunk, they had fatal gunshot wounds. And they put them in the trunk. Mm-hmm. So Hollett and Beasley were. Well, that shot- would make sense as to why the keys are missing now, right? They were shot with a nine millimeter. Tracy was shot in the temple. Okay, execution. And JB was shot in the cheek. Sloppier execution. Mm-hmm. It appeared that Beasley was actually on top of Tracy, so Tracy was put in the trunk first. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I'm assuming they got shot in the trunk itself because they did find a casing on her leg, like just left there. Yeah, like sloppy as hell, right? Yeah. Well, and oh god, now I want to know the forensics of this. Okay, keep going. This is a good one, so by the way. Both girls had all of their clothing on, and there were little signs of a struggle. Hollett did have scratches on her arms. And her pants um, had brayers, which are like, you know, those little stickers oh, like, that you get when yeah, you go to the witch. Yeah, shit, little urchin things. Oh, that, like, I hate yeah. those. They like you feel them at three in the morning when you're getting a drink. Oh my God, what the fuck? Well, her tennis shoes were covered in mud. And Beasley was covered in mud as well. And their pants were wet 
below from the, the knee down. So, and you're thinking because they found the casing, it doesn't necessarily mean that they could have been shot in the trunk. I mean, it would be easier to haul a body that way. Like, I would like to know the positioning. But you said Tracy was See, first. So here's here's what I'm thinking. Whoever had done it, like. So we're going to speculate a little bit. Yeah, of course. They knew the person or they communicated with the person or it was a police officer. Or it could have been that, what I'm wondering is if they had, because they were out of gas completely. I'm wanting to know if there was. But they, see, they shouldn't have been. Because they were at the gas station. Mm -hmm. But how long had they been driving? Because this car was found at 8 a.m. and the gas station, the last time they were spotted was 1130. They're 20 miles in the wrong direction. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. So here's what I'm thinking. They get pulled over for speeding Mm -hmm. by a police officer. That's why her license is out. Okay. The police officer gets them both out of the vehicle, Mm -hmm. maybe to make them do a field sobriety test or whatever, and make sure that they're not under the influence. You said up to the knees, the water marks, right? I'm just double checking that, right? Yeah. Okay. So then maybe, maybe officer gets a little bit handsy and the girls don't like that. So they run from the street into a field, mud, water. So that's where... The water would come. Right. The officer grabs Hollett, which is why she has scratches on her arms, and forces her back to the car, mm-hmm. puts a gun to her head, and tells her to get in the trunk. What about the other one? Shoots Tracy. Wait. Okay. He only grabbed one chick. Not done. Okay. Beasley's still in the field, running. Mm-mm. Maybe he shoots her from afar. Hits her in the cheek? That's a hell of a shot. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Right. But if there's more to the story. No, no, no. I'm, I'm liking where you're going with it. Because, I mean, it's plausible. Where I would say with that, with the speculation thus far. For it to be an officer alone with two teenage girls out in the middle of bumblefuck nowhere, because that's what it sounds like, swampland shithole. Um, I'm wondering. The only reason I think it's an officer is because her license was on the dashboard. Right. See, I'm almost taking that as a way, too, of being like, yep, this is my, like, mark. This is my kill. This is my signature. Like, you think like, that the ha-ha. murderer did it. Like, well, I'm not sure. It could be a cop, but I, it almost feels like it was deliberate because to be so klutzy, but then have also, like, there's nobody out there. Who's going to be the witness first off for these things, right? So at this point, like, I don't get why not just submerge the whole car, you know, blow it up, whatever the case may be. Like, it seems like things were almost placed in a deliberate way. That said, the keys are missing too. So like, right, you know, so you've got the two girls that you're wrangling in there. I think more than if it's an officer or whoever, this person, and I'm still thinking maybe it could be. I think more, I think it was a known person then or somebody of uh, stature that like he got handsy with them. But the fact that they, it didn't work in his favor. Um, if, should they get back to town and tell it's going to ruin his career, his life, his, you know, whatever possible because I mean, I can't see just two murders after all. Okay. I made a pass at you unless he like really made some hanky panky, like made one of them wear a pearl necklace or something. You know I mean? Like it just, we'll get to pearl necklace in a minute. Okay. All right. So an autopsy showed that the girls had not been sexually assaulted. But a nine millimeter is usually the type of gun that, yeah, cops carry. Yeah. Okay. You think that they would have tested though? And I don't know. Maybe they did. I, like I said, there was some information that I had a lot that I could find and some that I just didn't. After been watching so many cold case things and true crime and shit, I am like flabbergasted at some of the, no offense, because I do love the police and I'm thankful for what they do for safety, but some of the retardation that goes on with their investigations and how bumblefuck they do it, like mess it up. Like really, you guys didn't check the hair that the lady was, like that was. No, yeah. No, I, yeah. So, I mean, if they overlooked it or maybe they knew who it was. That's possible too. So anyway, but like again, there's so many conspiracy yeah. theories out there because this has been well, this is bizarre. so long. Yeah, and like I mean, 
Because there have been no witnesses. I just, yeah, continue. I'm sorry. So, no, you're fine. So, the autopsy did show that they hadn't been sexually assaulted, but there was, like, sexual, like, penetration. You know, that's what I'm saying. Gotcha. So, there was, like, trauma. There was, there wasn't trauma. But there was semen found on Beasley's bra. Okay. Her panties and her flesh. Suggesting that at some point her clothing had been removed. But they didn't have any substances or drugs in their system. So... When they found the girls in the vehicle, huh, that's what it is. They were closed. Right. But she had semen on her flesh. Right. Well, hearing, because this is what, I wouldn't think that they killed them in the trunk. I think that they were dead before the trunk. I forgot about that when I said that. No, it's okay. Because I was, because I was wondering, I'm like, that's convenient, but I don't think it is. But the reason why I say that is because that nine millimeter casing that was on what's her face's leg, like maybe after like doing the deed of ejaculating, maybe they killed them then or like they ejaculated after they died or as they were de- like detained. But here's the thing. The men, the casing could have fallen. Like what if it fell like in his puff or in his, and his putting them in? Oh, just like that. It could have fallen right onto her leg and then boom, quickly close the trunk and doesn't notice. So he just redresses her? Oh, yeah, like he would redress, yeah. No, not him, her. It was on her panties, her bra, and her flesh. So he would have had to have her remove her clothing and or put it back on, or he did it himself. Maybe he had, I bet you, I bet maybe it was a whole power play. Maybe he had them do it to each other, you know? Undress each other? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, who's going to stop him at this point? Like, really, what happened between, did you ever see Last House on the left? But Hollett didn't have any semen on her body. She she wasn't the birthday girl. See, that person would have known that. Here's where it's going to get a little bit dicey for me. This is what pissed me off. Like, the entire story I was kind of upset with just because, like, they're so fucking young. And it's disgusting in all rights. It's itself. just, like, they're really, it's an unfortunate circumstance. Like, the fact that they got lost. That's the unfortunate. It really is. But here we go. Here's some suspect. And uh, we're going to we're gonna have a conversation. Johnny Barentine. At 11.30 p.m. the night of July 31st, he's 28 years old. He's a mechanic. And he told his wife that he was going to go out to buy milk for their two-year-old. Son. Wow, a lot of people are grocery shopping at like 11 30, yo. Well, I mean, they do have, like, you have a child, maybe he's crying, maybe they don't have any more milk. I or don't. whiskey to, like, shut his ass up. Or, yeah, well, I don't know. Um, Barentine didn't return home until shortly before one o'clock in the morning. Now, according to his wife, he was upset and he told her that his car had been hit by a black truck mm. with a Dawson tag near Herring Avenue. The vehicle was found on Herring Avenue. They weren't, sorry, they weren't, like, driving the truck, though, yeah? No, 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 they were in a black... Because they had a trunk that was closed. They were in a black car, and I forget the make of it, sorry, guys. No worries, but as long as it didn't have, because the truck has an open bed, so that wouldn't have been it. No, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he said that he'd been hit by a black truck on Herring Avenue, or near Herring Avenue, but that's where the girl's car was found. It was on Herring Avenue. Okay. In the days that followed, Barentine would confide in others, not his wife, that he knew something about the murders and the, of the two teens found on Herring Avenue. He just said he thought he might know who did it. On September 1st, one month after the body of Beasley and Hollett were found, Barentine met with the police for a four-hour videotaped interview mm. offering multiple different stories, oh, God. some of which placed him at the scene of the murder. Shit, he's one of those. Now, according to Ozark Police Chief Tony Spivey, or Spivey, I don't know how to say that, um, Barentine first said that on the night of the killings, he'd seen a black truck speeding away from the area where the girls were found. As the interview continued on, Barentine changed his story several times, finally telling investigators that he'd picked up a tattooed man he didn't know, and the two drove by the Little Big store where they had stopped to Mm -hmm. make a phone call. Barentine said that the man he'd given the ride to 
got into the car with the girls and told Barentine to follow them. So here we have, we have, in this scenario, Barentine's in his truck, or not in his truck, but he's in his vehicle. He picked up a tattooed man. They went to the little big store. The tattooed man got out of his vehicle into Beasley's vehicle and told Barentine to follow them. Because that sounds like a great idea, because I was just out here shopping and getting some grocery milk for my son that's two, and he's crying, you know. Sounds like a bullshit story. (laughs) Oh, oh. But he told me to follow him, and I didn't know this person, and I didn't know those girls. I thought it would be, like, a great idea, because I just got off of work, and I'm not tired or anything, so, like, you know. My son's not fucking thirsty as hell or anything. I don't need to My wife isn't going to, like, chew my balls for, like, being super ass late. So, yeah, I'll follow this random stranger with cool tattoos. Yeah. How much do those cost, dude? Yeah, right? (laughs) So the man is that your bonus? <laughs> so he says that the man got the girls out of the car. Barrington said that he soon heard two gunshots, and the man returned to Barrington's car. Barrington gave the man a ride away from the scene, <laughs> then went home. So, I thought it would be only like the best thing to do at this point, because like you know, I still hadn't gotten the milk. Maybe he was shooting a deer. I'm like, uh, I, I I want to use the carpool lane because I know the traffic starts to get pretty thick at this time. Because I know I did see that mom and her daughter at this point. Bullshit, right? It's bullshit. So so that's still one one of the versions. In another version, Barrington confessed to the investigators that the man he'd picked up and given a ride home to wasn't unknown to him. Like he knew him. It was his neighbor. Barrington lived down the road from where the police found the body. So now he's pinning this on his neighbor. Maybe they hate each other. I don't know. Maybe they're really good friends and Barrington's just an asshole. Or maybe this dude is like, oh my god, this murder happened and I totally fucking hate my life. Like, I made the biggest, hugest mistake like ever. I should have totally listened to my dad and gone into the Air Force, but nope, here I am stuck as a fucking mechanic with this shit-ass kid that I don't even think is mine and this bitch that constantly chomps my balls regardless of what I do. So, oh my god, two outrageous uh, murders happened i'm gonna totally insert my ass into this and give myself go. some some reward oh, money yeah oh hell oh, yeah hang on hang on how's mom gonna buy that milk police arrested Valentine, naming him the prime suspect and charging him with two counts of capital murder because he went alabama bam uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there were problems with his account however he never mentioned sexual activity mm. so that wouldn't account for the semen he found on beasley he, he didn't even bring it up and also the fact that there is no neighbor, considering he's the only trailer park trash no, that no. lives in his area. The neighbor he implicated had an alibi for the evening. It was and a 90-year-old woman getting cancer treatment. The neighbor's no. DNA didn't match. So it totally wasn't them. Okay. And neither did Baron. So we know he didn't do that. He's a shit star. A pot star mm-hmm. person. I smelled that shit. He immediately said he'd fabricated the whole story in hopes of scoring some quick cash. However. Because uh-huh. usually those are the types that come out. So he told the grand jury, I didn't see anything. I made up everything to get the reward money. Now, the police chief says he was there. Can I still get that money to pay for my bail bond? Right. <laughs> the police chief said he relayed to us about getting the girls out of the car. One of the girls ran. The girls were combative. The individual placed the girls in the trunk. Two shots were fired. The gunman comes back to the car, something in his hand, and he drove the gunman outside of the city and returned home. That's what he told the chief. That sounds like he was there. It sounds like he knows But also, something. I mean, like, you and I are just speculating. And, like, when you initially read this, because this is the first time I'm hearing this, and it's in, like, not even in its entirety. I keep interrupting you, clearly. No, it's fine. But um, when you first read this, it's it's not rocket science to put together. Like, okay, there was a struggle. Something happened. Two shots had to have occurred because here's one bullet. <gasps> two bullet. Alabama, bam, uh. Two bullet holes. So, like. But the police don't release all the information. No, they don't. Like, the semen. So had he been there, they'd been like, oh yeah, and they took their clothes off. But not if he didn't do it. If he was waiting in his vehicle for the tattooed man, he wouldn't have known. So if that were the case, 
that this black truck, like he said it was speeding off or whatever, like there should be tire tracks, something that should show like indication of like the screech of tires because either A, he was almost hit, speeding from the area, like in the murder scene itself. And if it was in the mud, you'd think those be, would be preserved, yard. Well, and let's go back up and check that because I don't know if he, did he say that he was nearly hit or he was hit? Hit by a truck. So he had said that he had been hit. His vehicle would have damaged to right. it. Even if it's insignificant damage. Because it went out of bam. Uh, okay, I'm done. No, you're not. <laughs> I know I'm not. I'm so not. On the 21st of September, at a preliminary hearing, um, Alabama Bureau of Investigation, Charles Hudgens, who's an agent there, he testified that Berentine was able to describe the girl's clothing. Did he ever go in and get the milk, by the way? I don't know. The reason why I ask that is because that would be his alibi. Like, the person that sold it to him at the store. He's already fucking destroyed himself. Well, I get that. But, I mean, if there's if there's any credibility to, like, what he said to the police, or if you're speculating. Well, he didn't have point. time to get the milk because he went to the store to do it. He was too busy picking up the tattoo. Yeah. Right. And then following him. So, let's see. Um, he what if they actually a drug deal? What if it was a drug transaction, like, for realsies? Between Berentine and the tattooed man? Or whatever that person was. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. Okay. Maybe Hilly was there. Because, like, <laughs> I got some arsenic, boys. Yeah. It's in my shriveled oh, okay. naked body as I shiver in the trees. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to be my next husband? So, um, what was I saying? On the 21st, um, Charles Hudson, Hudgens, who is the, um, part of the Alabama Bureau of Investigation, he testified that Valentine was able to describe the girl's clothing and other items consistent with the girls and the crime. So he knew what they were wearing. He could have gotten access to police photos and shit like that. That shit leaks true, easily. I guess so. I'm waiting for, like, a red, like, flag moment, like, where it's like, and there was semen on her left breast or something, even though he technically wasn't there. Yeah. Right? And well, in the sense that, too, like, why would you kill both and then still leave a, a witness on your ass? Yeah. So, Barentine was held without bond in Dale County Jail from September 1st, and in October 18th, a hearing before a circuit judge, McLaughlin, uh, Barentine denied he was involved in the killings, though he'd made the earlier statements to police that he'd watched the two 17-year-old girls shot to death by the acquaintance of who the tattoo man so or whatever. Was, okay. But see, now at this point, he's saying that he witnessed it. Right. Previously, so he's he actually said he physically just there. heard it. Mm-hmm. Barrington told McLaughlin, I'm going to keep saying that name wrong, that he never picked up the tattoo man and that he didn't see anything that night. And he simply went out about 11, 11 o'clock to get milk for his little boy. Um, Barrington was denied bond. and How come it took him three hours? I couldn't figure out which brand she likes. He got lost, too. What, does she like Lucerne or does she like milk brand? I don't Milk brand. Does she like Lucerne or cow? <laughs> cow. Cow mm. brand. Cow or Lucerne? So he was de- denied bond by McLaughlin and then um, appointed Bill Cominos what, to represent her. Yeah. Too bad he didn't get that reward money. He could have bought himself a fancy schmancy lawyer. So here's the dumbest statement I've ever heard in my entire life. So his, obviously his friends and family are like, no, he would never do that or whatever. <laughs> his mother stated he wouldn't do that. He has a two-year-old son. He isn't capable of hurting a child. That doesn't mean fuck all. <laughs> that doesn't mean fucking anything. Like, you mean like just because you have a kid doesn't make you like... Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, just I'm... because you have a child doesn't mean that you're not violent, that you can't be... I'm just sad that that's the best statement. His very own flesh and blood, blood mother was able to come up with, and that's what was quoted by her to the press. Like, too bad she was like, oh my god, you know, he is my baby boy, and he's never hurt, you know, violence is not in his nature, blah, blah. No. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's a little bit too, uh, 
articulate it. I don't. Oh, hey, come on. <laughs> I don't know. Most of the stuff I was actually, I just literally pulled it from Well, the people the is, site. The, I mean, with the exception of the girls, because they do seem like they were going places. And the mom that you were referring to as being like, I'm going to know what my daughter may never know. Everyone else in this case is like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm going to paraphrase this because I just retyped it, but Berendine said that the police tricked him into telling his story. Now, that I can actually believe. I've actually heard where they do bully investigations, which is quite true. Like, they'll hold a suspect or a person of interest. Yeah, and I mean, he did have a four-hour interview. Oh. That's like, he's a wuss. I've heard of, like, eight hours. Whereas, like, 12 hours, this guy was like, I, I used it. He wanted the money, though. So he was going to participate to get the money. Well, I'm and sure. maybe he got roped into giving more details. But he could describe Not even roped into... Then who do you think gave him the details? The deeds? And we're going back to the police department again. Well, and look how great they were doing. Open a troll six and hours actually, later. There was a case, um, and I didn't read about it because it was unre- unre- like unrelated to this. It was irrelevant. Um, but the police department actually tried to sue the website that I got this from. Like the author, they had accused the officer or an officer. I don't know anybody specifically because like I said I didn't read it but like that's interesting because the police department had said like you know this person is just a blogger they're not like a journalist they don't have the facts they're just speculating and why I, did they take it as far as suing I don't know and I, I have no idea anything about the case I didn't read it because I didn't care but, but no I mean but it was because somebody was saying something about an officer about, exactly and that exactly I cannot now I'm starting to also see why you're like I'm leaning more towards it was a, a an authoritative figure like a police the only reason I even said that like i know you said it could potentially have been a calling card like hey a, a yeah what no, I did, but, but you're right like to put out the drivers and her window was rolled down but see it almost seems oh why is the car covered in mud and like i mean that doesn't make sense to me you know and then um furthermore it's almost like it was like deliberately done like i i want you to know that it was a cop that did this do you know what i mean but that again you do have the car covered in mud maybe because it's like this is what i feel about this case <laughs> Like, if Let I could just throw mud on the If car. I could, like, poo on it, I would, but I can't. And here's another possible thing that could have happened, which isn't, it isn't, like, there's no tracks or anything that I found about it, but the keys were missing, the license in the front. Maybe they I'm drove the, the car. I'm thinking the keys were a trophy. They could have driven the car. Good point. And I almost wondered if the keys were a trophy. They still haven't found them. I bet you. Yep. They're like, I keep the keys to all my victims' lives. So, okay, so several days after the murder, Barrington reportedly said he and his wife and brother-in-law went to the scene on Herring Street, where the Beasley car was found, and Barrington said that they were looking for something that might help the police solve the case. Now, this brings me back to Barrington, because he first like, of all, why do you go to the scene of a crime unless you're trying a, to cover your tracks? Wait, this is a couple days after the correct? Right. This is before he's actually been in, like arrested and put in jail. But here's the thing, like, you go back, we're going to look for something to see if we can help. Bullshit. You're going to go back because you feel that you might have left something there. Or no, you're wanting to relive the experience. Like, sometimes they say- Well, he took his wife and his brother. He wants them to relive it. (laughs) Are you feeling what I You don't know what I did. (laughs) (laughs) You guys see that pile of mud over there? Yeah. (laughs) Me too. <laughs> Just trying to make sure I uh, didn't leave the key. Yeah, I, did you guys see anything about seventeen things? But um, but he was definitely released on December seventeenth. Well, if he but it, also if he took his wife and his brother in law for there. Like first off, this area clearly this was probably the biggest thing in this location of town since like the dawn of man. Like I seriously, like, this is probably their Friday night entertainment. 
for like the five people That's that live there. That's disgusting. But at least for this auto, auto mechanic, because otherwise their life is filled with getting milk for a two year old at 1130 at night at the little big store. Really? You know, like, oh, we have the news weekly that came in from 1975. Would you like to read this issue? 1975. <laughs> so. First, there's that. And then I think that if it was about reward money, which is very likely implausible, because I mean, how much is he raking in, you know? Like, and take him over there and be like, do you guys see anything? Do you guys see anything to be helpful? Like, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. And then as far as him knowing facts, though, of it, that I totally think he was fed. By, you think so? Oh, completely. Especially for four hours. I mean, we could speculate all we want. We're never going to know. Right. I well, mean, we, we potentially could know, well, we, but. we get a lawsuit slapped on our asses by this police department. Right? They seem to be handing those out <laughs> Left and right. They're just podcasters and they're bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the freedom of speech, brothers. That's pretty true as well. Yeah. But so like so it still remains unsolved at this point. Yeah, there are other suspects that <laughs> how long was he detained? Did you say he went into jail? He went into jail Because it happened on July thirty first well, so was the he, crime. He went in to go speak to the police on the first of September and then he was detained until December. I don't know if he was detained the same day, but on the twenty first was his preliminary hearing and then another hearing in October. Okay. And so then he was couple. released on the seventeenth of December. <laughs> Probably owing way much more money than the rewards would have ever paid out. Mm-hmm. But if he had done that too with his wife and his brother-in-law just a few days after the crime and then he waited all the way till september to come in right so he was calculating shit like plotting like okay i should say this should i really do it okay let's make sure i have my story straight blah, yeah yeah blah, yeah blah. yeah and i guess like his friends had told him like do it do it do it you can you know if you know something they'll and yeah. he was probably like hmm let's see yeah so well i i truly believe honestly now like th- that whole story I think it definitely was a, an officer or someone that. Well, has... we have other suspects. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a few. So there was a man from Michigan. He was at a party the night of the murder near where the car was found. So near Herring Avenue, I'm guessing. He is supposedly a very viable suspect. Um, the chief said even after tests failed to match the man's DNA found on Beasley's clothing, Jesus. the man whom Spoovy would not name. He didn't even give him his name. He left town within days of the murder. Because he doesn't live there. He's from Michigan, folks. Da 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 Facts. <laughs> and the chief said, adding that the investigation was have traveled to Michigan three times to interview him. So they, they went to Michigan to talk to him. Oh, he would be the perfect like al- or like person to pin it on. But he can't account for the three or four hours of the time of that night. Oh, maybe because what? He was drinking at an out-of-party? Apparently, he uh, later made suspicious statements to people. Of course. He's an out-of-towner. It's him. Quasimodo over This there. is such a shit statement. The chief said he would not elaborate on what he meant by suspicious. Exactly. Okay. Because that, right? I bet, how much okay. do you want to bet it was the chief? <laughs> Whoa. Here comes a lawsuit, folks. <laughs> okay, so here we go with another one. Uh, this one is the driver of a small white pickup truck. So now video, we go from a black truck to a small white pickup. A video surveillance camera inside the little big store, a big little store. I think it's little big. Um has a <laughs> grainy, poor quality image that appears to be Tracy. So like they have like the video of them on the cell phone, on the payphone cell phone. <laughs> Not yet. On the uh, the payphone call- contacting her mother. Which was at 11.30. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the phone record. It would show up on that payphone. Yeah. So the store closed and there was no record of gas purchase so they didn't get gas. Wait, did you say the store closed? Yeah, the store was closed. Wait a second. So, so how could he second. be buying milk for his two-year-old son? That's not even his kid that his wife told him. But then at the same time, why was 
Marilyn Merritt there? Because she was there prior. Because remember, they stopped there first. And I, was that at a different gas station or was it at the same little big store? Because I have one. a feeling that's, that's like the, the only place of business in the entire, like, 30-mile radius. So here's what happened. Because I thought they, they stopped They were twice. on their way to Headland yeah. to the party. They got lost, lost on the way there. And they stopped they there at, like, stopped, 10. Right? They stopped somewhere else. So it was a different location than right. where they initially Called stopped. their friends to, to get directions. Okay. I don't know. Maybe they called their friends and say, you know what? We're lost. My curfew was coming up. I am not going to be able to make it. I have to head back home. Sorry, we can't go. We don't know what the conversation was. And I don't know how they don't know. They could have asked their friends. Right. But they said, like, we don't know. And then afterwards, they headed to Ozark. But mm-hmm. they went the wrong way. They're trying the to get back home. Then they went to the little big store to contact Wait, 20 miles Tracy. in the wrong way from their house or 20 miles in the wrong way from the, the field birthday party? So here's their, their home, hometown. Mm-hmm. And then here's Headland. They, mm-hmm. they had to have gone down the wrong road because there was it wasn't that far away. I think it was like fifteen miles. That's what I was wondering too. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that far. But it's like swampland, and I've driven through that before, and all that shit starts to look the same, and it is eerie as fuck at night. On the way back to their house, they're still lost, so they stop at the convenience store that's or the little, little market. Store. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's where they found Marilyn Merritt. Okay, but that's at eleven thirty p.m. Wait, the go, store is closed. Go back, go back. Because I thought they they bumped into her ass at like ten. Like I said, what is a mom doing with their little? T- kid at 10 o'clock at night. Around 11.30 p.m. that same night, the girls were spotted at Little Big Store in Orzark, 20 miles northwest of Dawson. So Marilyn mo- Merritt was approached by the girls and gave them directions back to Dawson. Do you want to check to see what the hours of this convenience store are? Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, Google. Ooh, Google. So, Little Big. We're going to go ahead and pause real quick. Okay, so we looked online to try and find the store's hours. In which case, I was actually able to locate the specific store, Big Little Store. Yeah, sorry guys, it's actually Big Little, not Little Big, my bad. We both have a little bit of listaxia, so there you go. But the location of the store, the community store, Big Little on 763 East Broad Street in Ozark, Alabama. Zip code 36360. Um, that information was provided actually by their Facebook page, um, which also provided their contact phone number. That said, I actually called them to see what their store hours were if they happened to have the, that information for when they were known as Big Little back in 1999. Right, because if you remember, we literally just said that at 1130, Merritt was there and was the last person known to see the girls alive. That was, was the mom with, the, with their mom, the, with the little, little girl. Because they're like so like not shifty grocery shopping at 1130 at night. Later down in the information that I found, the store is actually closed around that time. So, And that was also when, what's his face, Bearing Ass or whatever his um, name It was. wasn't Barrington. It was uh, one of the other suspects Bereavement. that, um, that doesn't have a name. It was the white pickup driver, but it specifically but, said. But that's when he left to go get his son to oh, like that milk. But so yeah, it specifically says he was there. The store had closed, and also what's his face was getting milk for his two-year-old son after right. work. Which was we don't know if he actually intended to go there or if that's where the tattoo man led him, though. So we don't know. Oh, touche. Yeah, I thought that's where he was like gonna go by because I figured that was the only place of any sort of business transaction in that town within a hundred-mile radius. And what leads me to that speculation was to actually calling said convenience store, once known as Big Little, now known as like Southwest Valley, Sun Valley, Inland Empire, whatever shit, oil place yeah. in Ozark, Alabama. So I call them and I use my nicest call center voice, such as, hi, 
I would like to know what your guys' store hours are. What time do you guys happen to close? Well, personally, on the other line, first answers, you've reached 7.472 location 5G. And I'm like, oh my God, did I call a police officer? But I didn't. I guess that's just how they answer. We should have recorded the conversation. God, I have an app that does that. So you actually have it recorded? Or yeah, no? I know. So that said, though, I was like, okay, well, I just wanted to know what your guys' store hours were. What time do you guys close? Uh, we close at 10 o'clock. I was like, okay, well, I'm actually doing a little bit of research and I would like to know, do you happen to know what the store hours were when you guys were known as Big Little? Well, we haven't gone by that name in a long time. I'm like, oh yeah, I was just curious if you knew, hello, hello, click. And she sounded like a bitch, like a straight up Alabamian bitch from the start. Like, really? I can sense it. They're probably sick and tired of it, though. And it's probably getting close to the anniversary, you know, because it's like yeah, July, it's July 15th, 15th right now. So. 16 days. I did call back, and this time I got, you've reached location. Six, wait, six, five, two, three, two, four, zero, five, G, whatever it was. Why did I, I do that? I don't know. I thought it was the weirdest answer, right? It's like a coordinates that they answer. Fuck it, fine. It's the, I'm I mean, sorry. are we sure that, is it still a convenience? Yeah, it's still a convenience store. She goes, we, we go by, well, my name is Brenda, and how may I help you? Hi, Brenda. Clearly not the same bitch I got prior, which was unfortunate for me and very fortunate for her. And said to Brenda, Hi, Brenda. I believe I got disconnected. I called just a moment ago, and I apologize. I just wanted to know um, what your guys' store hours are and what time you guys happen to close. Oh, we close at 10 p.m. When you guys were known as Big Little, because I know that's not your name now, do you happen to know what those store hours were when you guys closed as Big Little? Oh, Big Little? Oh, my. Oh, heavens. That's the vapors. Mm, we haven't been number. I'm exaggerating. Just a smidge. Yeah, she definitely didn't say the vapors. <laughs> or heavens to Betsy. But she should have. We haven't gone by that name in quite some time. Oh, I understand. I know it's been quite a few years. I understand if you don't know. I, I can't say I remember. That's okay. Thank you so much, Brenda. You're welcome. You have a nice evening. You too. Bye-bye. Like, see how nice I can be? Yeah. I wish you would uh, show that a little more colorful in our podcast here. Well, that's because I don't have to actually talk to a living entity. I'm a living entity. Well, the fact that I'm talking with you and not at or to you. Technically, you are. You're put, I'm talking with you. You're on my level. I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking at you. I'm talking with. You're so symptomonious harmony. No, we are not. But, yeah, so apparently it's 10 p.m. And given I got the first bitch on the phone who just, like, hella hung up, and then I got sweet little Brenda, I'm not going to bother her again. Oh, I love Brenda. Let's all love Brenda. Yeah, that said, apparently it seems to be 10 p.m. And looking up the date of July 31st, 1999, that was a Saturday. Right. Today happens to be a Sunday. So there is the speculation of maybe that's Sunday hours, because here out in Boondock area, Arizona, we close at like 5 p.m. every day. So unless it's a Sunday, they don't open. So they could have those differing hours being a Sunday versus a Saturday or Friday, Yes, but that doesn't account for the misinformation here. And I'm assuming it has to be misinformation because it doesn't make sense. Because if Marilyn Merritt... If she's leaving... Well, what if they close at 11? On Saturday. And she's out in the parking lot for half an hour? Well, what if it's a prox? Like, are, like not, this is going on the speculation that the times are, like, legit. Like, nobody fast-forwards their clock by five But minutes. they had recording. So they would happen to have, like, I'm sure they probably, like, rounded, like, Video maybe it was 11.32 and they just said 11.30. But if it is police record, they would use exact time, the, the exact right? Time. So, Correct. I mean, and this wasn't, obviously, I didn't pull this directly from... Considering it doesn't exist, because, you know, the chief totally did it. I'm like, wipe those files. Oops. He was a man of big stuff. 
shot us. We do have more suspects to go through, though. Oh, and by the way, totally not Michigan, man. Mm -mm. Well, no, it wouldn't make sense. He was drunk and his suspicious, and the chief wouldn't even elaborate on what that meant, so. Right, because, I mean, it would have been too perfect to have the out-of-towner that nobody knows, the drifting stranger. Right, right. You know. Then we have the small white truck driver, and. I guess a small white truck. I did it again. (laughs) The driver of the small white truck. Oh, God. You should just say the white trash truck driver. You don't even know anything about this guy. Then there was uh, the man from Mississippi. Holy shit, this is delicious. It was presumably ruled out by DNA, so... But that doesn't mean anything if there's more than... It is blueberry. If it was more than one person. We have the man from Mississippi, March 2000. It was reported that a DNA sample taken from a Jones County, Mississippi man was being compared to samples taken from the body of Beasley. But, um, of course, here we go again with the chief. Said no factual evidence known um, at the time linked to the man to be the brutal murders of Beasley. Why the hell was he even considered? The chief said the man who was extradited from Jones County had been arrested there on outstanding warrant for possession of drug paraphernalia. Oh, there you go. Used in, it was issued in Ozark. Sorry, my mouth stopped working. Um, the man had been staying in Ozark with relatives, but left two days after the murder. They said that they wanted to question him with connection to the case, and he'd said he has been extensively interviewed and DNA samples have been obtained and sent to the forensics lab to connect him to the case. We just wanted to make sure that he's not involved. I feel like at this point they're grasping at stuff. Oh, hell yeah. Of like the they're first going two to. main suspects are like drifting, like not even in town. They're out of town or drifters. Right. And one's a druggie, and the other one's partying. Well, no, he's sold it. Doesn't mean that he did it. Okay, so he's a recovering druggie, friends of Bill. Hey, 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 hey. And the other one is like, oh my god, I just like to party. What the hell? But I'm here's the thing that's confusing to me. Valentine's changed his story, and I'm sorry if I say his name wrong, but he's changed his story so many times, and at this point they were just like, we're gonna release him, because the chief was pretty much just like, I can charge him. Yeah, he's obstructing evidence, or he's causing him on us. That too. And obviously he'd been obtained, but like, at the same time, they released him, and the chief was like, I could let a murderer walk potentially, or like... You can't hold him if you have yeah, no exactly. evidence, you know? He was pretty much like, I'm in a rock and a hard place at this point. Like, well, he literally said, if you don't, if I don't charge him, maybe you just let a murderer walk out the door. You're between a rock and a hard place. It is innocent until proven guilty, but truly we all know it is guilty until proven innocent, but blah, blah. Apparently, still people have to have some sort of tie-in to be held, like, you know, in custody for, for pending charges of a murder case or whatever with some sort of uh, substantial, not just um, circumstantial evidence under their name. So, like, had the DNA matched him? Yes. Had there been, like, for instance, if the guy had a, a warrant for, like, a speeding ticket, he didn't pay from, like, 10 years ago, and their ass or whatever his name is was like, oh my god, I didn't do it. And they're like, okay, you may not have done it, but you're still a person of interest. And hey, what's this? There's a warrant for you. Now we're going to hold you. Right. So that But would be they did. Thing. He was in jail. Right, detained. But they couldn't hold him for this specific case. But here's the thing. You could still take a case to trial with... Just circumstances. Exactly. Yes, you can. But the chances of winning, on the other hand... Well, it is not always the case. It's a flip of the coin. But unless that, you're Jody so, so we're going to like figure this out then. Because... Obviously, we're not going to solve the case. Can't do that. 
thing. I mean, hell, the chief of police and the Bureau of Investigations out in Alabama hasn't even solved it yet. So what are we what are we thinking at this point? I honestly, I know that you're leaning more towards like police officials, um, but I'm kind of leaning towards Brent. I I think he had a lot of. I know he can get the information like from police records and stuff. But keep in mind, at this time, unless he was fed information, and he did describe the clothing of the two girls. But I mean, you had you have people that can do that and have done that in prior cases where they happen to see a news article and pay specific attention. Or you have troglodytes in the police force oh my who God. happen to flap their huge ass Alabamian gums and be like, blah, blah, I've been working on this a murder case I can't help the fact that you were seriously stomping all over Alabama right now. Well, that bitch from that store that used to be known as Big Little and now is some sort of like You were stomping location. on Alabama from the fucking jump. I was doing it with love. Now I do it with spite. Hell hath Brenda, no like a Brenda fixed it. Sport. Oh, that's right. But only for Brenda. So when I go to like wreak havoc on that state, she lives. Unlike her lover, May, who died rescuing a cat in my mind. Anyway, P.S. This guy, Baron Ass or whatever, has all the hallmarks uh, traits, in my opinion, that I've seen in other, you know, cases and such, where people come forth because they love the attention, good or bad. They have, like, such shit going on in their life. That is, like, a dream vacation for them, to be, like, seriously, in the lockup. Get the parole officers. But here's the thing. Okay, this is what I don't get. Now I'll be unlocked up abroad. He he definitely wanted the money. He He said so. But at the same time, why say anything at all because he wants the attention like it's there is something it's almost like a disorder like you know the munchausen by proxy and and munchausen's disorder right yeah okay so for those of you that may not be quite as familiar essentially it's basically having a psychological or like a mental deficiency of disorder to have the propensity to think about or to to basically be focused on getting specialized attention based upon usually an ailment that has occurred either to you if you have munchausen so you're constantly sick even though you're really not but you're doing things to yourself like physically harming yourself or making yourself sick in order to seek that medical care and constant empathy and attention from right. ones around you or munchausen by proxy which case you like will be the person that's caretaking for someone that's constantly sick and or not sick at all and you just make them but sick but you're making them sick right. like arsenic Annie over there that yeah. should have been her serial killer name arsenic, arsenic Annie Munchausen's Ar- mom so but that said there are people that do this with cases where it'll be like this is probably the case that was like this has probably been the biggest news still in that area of town since nineteen. Oh, they probably can't stand it right and so it's like who like if you have it first off if you think like this auto mechanic is clearly he's winning in life getting milk for his two-year-old son after work at 11 o'clock at night at the big little store which, that's close right so and that's like his highlight um and it's apparently a great idea in his mind to hey i need some reward money that'll be a Quick fix earnings. Yay. But then that means, so... To have yourself tied in or involved in a case. Now your name is mentioned in the news. Now you have media, you have press, you have people talking to you, interviewing you. Oh, here's 2020. Here's a Dateline episode. Do you think he actually saw their car? Do you think he was involved in any way outside of just wanting to fabricate the himself into the situation? Much like Mulder's poster shows on the X-Files, like, I want to believe. Right. And I think in his mind, he probably totally maybe did at some point in time. Maybe he said it enough for him to convince himself. Because hell, money talks at the end of the day. And so does attention. So regardless of whether or not he did have any sort of interaction, it it would have been 
would have been excruciatingly brief um, and not at all tied into the way that it is. And now it's gotten to the point of like, really, he has maybe nothing else going on in his life. Maybe he can't stand that two-year-old. So I know that they're still working on the case. I mean, it is weird. I will give you that. It is excessive. I want to be a fly on the wall when this bitch-ass punk comes home at 1 a.m. And his wife is like, no. where the fuck were you? How much you? do you want to bet he was having an affair? Like, Ooh. with, and he can't have his wife know, because that would hurt his manlyhood. So now he ha- he's got to sell it. He's got to involve himself in this he case. He had an affair with the tattooed man. <laughs> that's it. That's the only way he could actually tell people about his jilted lover. Here's what I want to know, though. And in... It could be out there, and I just am terrible at doing this, but did they search his vehicle for any signs of any passenger or I would prince, hair follicles? I would I would hope in it. Well, you said the Alabama Bureau of Investigations, which indicates to me that the Alabama Division of FBI had been involved, maybe? By the time Tracy's mother had contacted the police, they had found her vehicle. So, like, literally almost at the exact same time, tipped in, found the vehicle. So, wait, did she actually contact them first, or did they contact her? It was around the exact same time. So, like, as she was calling in a missing persons report, he was, like, pulling over to the side of the road to find the vehicle. And then he got, like, the call and was like, hey, look, two teenage girls were missing, Maybe blah, 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 blah. And, like, it was kind of weird how it, like, coincided like that. Well, like, that was, like, a mother's, a mother's intuition always knows, you know? Well, I mean, if your daughter is calling you and saying that she's lost, she's going to be home as soon as possible. And, now it's like and then 8 a.m. rolls by and Oh, my God. My mom would have had a heart attack. My mom would be in the coffin next to me like, oh, my God. So. Do you want to see a picture of uh, Hollett and Beasley? Yes. Okay. Here's both of them. Wow. That's unfortunate. They were also pretty. I like, told you. I didn't think that they Had they, they were... been, like, you know, rather down in the dumps looking, like, maybe I wouldn't feel so sad. But now that I know that they were pretty, that changes everything. What a heartless thing to say. <laughs> it's what got Jody Arias off to live. I personally feel still that it was definite. I feel like there's a, a, a cover up that's going on with this investigation from yes. the from the get go. And I truly, I do feel that it was somebody of law enforcement and somebody that was in the, a, a higher up area or has a lot of prestige or has his fingers in a lot of people's pockets or something like this. So, and I also have a feeling with the, mm, I feel like it was brazenly done, but if it was sloppily done, like what if it was like not brazenly, like, ha, here's the photo ID of a driver's license just on the dashboard to be in your face. But like, whoops, I forgot to take that. Oh my God, I left a shell casing. Whoops, whoops. That's what I was saying. So if it's more so that way, then it would indicate to me at that point, this was a, a first time, like a whoopsie. Like I just had a slip, you know, but I still am like this big dog on the campus and the law enforcement community or whatever. And I can, like, if you guys try to turn me in or, you know, I'm indicated in this crime at all in which way or form, it'll never go to trial. And that, you know, you'll never see the light of day sort of just because I made a mistake. I slipped. The reason that I feel like it was more so in your face due to the fact that it was out in such a very boondockish area at such a very late point in night. Um, there were two of them there, two girls, not one. Like, how greedy can you be? And then the fact that they're, like, blaming out-of-towners, drifters, like, the lack of gumption and, I guess, not determination, but, um, what's the word I'm even looking for? Like, uh, inspiration or motivation to even get moving with efficiency on this case seems to be pretty prevalent. Like, nobody really wants to handle it, do it, pin it on the easiest suspect, and go from there. Having the driver's license sit right there on the dashboard, like, that's the only thing. Okay. Having a 9mm cap on her leg. Look, to me, it just indicates, like, this, maybe I'm getting ready to retire. This is my last hurrah. Try to go ahead. I dare you. 
to Target. And you guys all know who it is. There's my calling card. Blah. You know, driver's license. Do you want to look at a map and see how far Headland and... And they were in the in-betweens, weren't they? Right. In the swamplands? Saying that, I don't know. I've never been there. I don't know where the swamp is. I want you to psychically connect so yourself this there. this is where they started in this area. And they were headed Which was to, the population of 58,000. They were uh, headed here. From whatever that... Was it Dalton? What's the name of that place? Dalton? Dothan, sure. So they started at 58,000 population in Dothan. And then headed towards... Headland. Oh my god, look. It even looks like Podunk on a map. They have a few, like, they have a Lakeitha in and sweet. That's in Dothan. I guess so. Let's get closer to Headland. They call it Headland because basically that's the only head of land that you see. Wow, look at that. They have two highways. They've really grown in their time. Shush. So they they really would have taken this main highway, the 431, from Dothan to Headland, right? They would have started... Actually, they should have started at the Walmart Superstore. Everybody in Alabama starts there. Yes, okay. They had to buy a birthday present. I want to I locate... So here's Ozark. They went the completely wrong direction. Oh, that's so unfortunate. So how the hell did this happen? They made a they left went- at Albuquerque. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it looks like they made a left on that, the only main highway in existence. They probably like, oh my God, this is the road. Cause that is the only road, except for the small dirt path that actually leads to where they wanted to go. Okay. But where's the big little store? So pulls up on a map. Like go from the high school. Well, I went to. from her house. Well, right. But I mean like, okay. Do you know where she lived? Did yeah. Her- oh, awesome. I, they had her address listed. Oh, that's unfortunate. I know. It's about a 20 minute drive. To Headland. And, and they left at like, what? oh, she got off of work at like 10, right? She left around 10. So they would have been there around 10.30. And they hadn't gotten there, which is probably why they stopped to begin with, because they were like, we should have been there by now. And that was like at another place. Right. And then they and they got directions, and I'm assuming. From their friends. Right. But they didn't follow the directions, because then they went almost an hour, 37.3 miles, to the Big Little store on Broad Street. Instead, they should have been heading which way? They should have. Like, so they were so they were headed here. And I'm assuming they stopped in Kinsey or something on the way. Yeah. And contacted their friends. And were told, go straight up. Right. But how do you get from this area that they they were traveling? Unless the friends gave them incorrect directions because the friends were fucked up or something. Maybe. Or maybe they didn't get a hold of anyone because, like, who actually has access to a phone out in a field party? <laughs> so they were at an intersection in Headland off of... 173 and 431, and that's they were at the BP gas station to make the phone call. So from there, they left Headland. Did they ever give a specific location of the address of which they were supposed to arrive at? Because they were fine. This is where it gets sketchy. Because they weren't sure if it's a birthday party, a field party. Well, I don't know if they weren't sure, but there was just rumors and speculation going around that they were going to a field party, which could have been the same fucking thing. Right, but like, okay, but that said, is there a a given location, though, of where that's supposed to take place? Janice's house? She went to school. She was in the That's where the mom thought she was going, yeah. So where's Janice's house? I bet you she was going to a field party. And I bet you it was like what you were saying, like a wicker man or whatever, a rainy Because man. I'm, I mean, and I had to speak like incorrectly on this because I don't know, but they should have known where Janice's house was if Beasley has been friends with her. Don't you think you would know where home? your friend lives? And then she calls her mom and is like, uh. I don't know where I'm going and I'm lost. That's weird. And it was what's her face, Howlett, that called the mom and said this. When she's, Howlett's not even the dancer. It's what's her face with the shitty mom. Well, so <laughs> don't say her mom is shitty. We don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> this one says that they were headed to the field party that was at the rural home of Beasley's friend, Jenna Hare. The rural. Okay, so it's out in boonies in a way. So they should have known. Well, unless, I mean, really, like, I had friends in high school that, like, if, you know, I didn't go to their houses or whatever every day, you know. If I had gone recently or had never gone before, maybe I, you'd get lost along the way. I over. mean, that's accurate, right? But you'd think that... They would have planned this in advance. Now, that's actually taking into account that they have a semblance of a brain and they're not like 16, 17-year-old teenage girls from Alabama. Well, okay. I don't know how, how their family dynamic works. When, when I was younger and I wanted to go hang out with my friends, my mother would always contact the other person's parents. They just didn't want to have to deal with being a person of interest when you go missing. I mean, honestly, we could speculate about this forever. We could be doing this for hours. Right. Well, I mean, really, I think it really boils to if it occurred at What's-Her-Face's house, it was a location that they were not quite familiar with. There was clearly a lack of communication at somebody's birthday. So there's, like, high spirits. Oh, it's a celebration. But how have... shitty is it? She died on her fucking birthday. But in this regard, I agree with your initial thought on it being a, a police person. And, like, a person of trust. Because if they're lost. And I think, like, really, I have the direction sense of, like, I won't say what. I mean, why pull over the car? Well, how else are you going to get these two girls and your semen all over their bodies? No, 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 no. I'm saying them? if you were in the vehicle, what, what else would you pull over for besides the police? Well... That's the interesting thing, right? So, like, if they're at that gas station, and I'm sure the surveillance camera could only go so far, maybe they saw somebody and they're like, hey, like, since this place is obviously closed, you know, can you tell us where we need to be? We're lost. Oh, yeah. Marilyn Merritt. Let me show. Well, that was what she saw them, gave them that information. But that wasn't when they officially went missing. Correct. Right. No, they they were on Herring Herring Avenue. So from the map, then they went Herring to... Avenue. So here's Broad Street. Yeah. And then from the Little to Herring Avenue Wait, on is... the way back home. Okay. Then what happened? At, is Herring Avenue where they died? Herring Avenue is where their vehicle was found. Okay. So they saw Marilyn Merritt. She tells them, and then she quickly ushers her child away because she's like, "What am I doing out this late night with my child? I'm a horrible mother. I need to go punish myself." Will you stop telling everybody people are horrible mothers? <laughs> that said, maybe they're driving along. Long, and they're like, crap, like, it is so late. Like, should we just head back? Wait, do we go this way or that way? It, we're out in the boondock swampland area. Okay, he said to go west. Well, which way is west? I mean, really, do you, anybody know if the sun is down? Come on. But here, here's what I'm looking at. So this is the direction you would have to take to get there, right? Why not go back down this road? Because maybe they were like, we should go try to make it to the party or whatever. Look at this turn that they would have had to make. A sharp left. Well, uh, like the fact that it even zigzags. Like the ring, ring, you know, like it shows like, wait, no, we should go back. Down here, wait, go left. Given that pattern, because for those that cannot see this and do not see the beautiful Google map image, it's actually indicating a very sharp, almost like an isosceles shaped triangle point that comes to a head from the turn that they make out of the gas station. So it's like they go down, create the first part of a sharp tooth, and then go back up to create the other part of the sharp tooth. So you have a sideways V. Yeah, it, it almost looks like if you were to take it from like a Z, Big it Little looks like a Z to Herring, it would be a Z. Yeah, a they made a Z. Z. So it's like zigzag, literal zigzag. Right. And so I wonder. Do you think someone's chasing them? Well, there's that and the or, because if it's not a cop, right? Right. So that could be like, oh, who's this weird person following, following us? Following us. Like, let's get rid of this. Okay. So there's that. But I think that that, I still think you have more of a point though, given maybe they're like, okay, we're going to go down here. Oh my God. Is that a cop light behind us? Okay. Well, he's telling us to pull over. Okay. So we're going to pull over. So they pull to that side. 
to get up, like away from whatever. But you wouldn't pull down a different street. You not continue. Not see, at the end point of the Z. Had but maybe that's where he drove the car. But had they continued going down Atlas Street, they would have gotten back on the 27th. What if he told them, like, well, what if he pulled them over there? What does that look like there? Because it actually gives you a Google Map image of that road. Go satellite and take a look, my friend. So they were on Vala Street, and then they made a sharp left turn. Because there's a house there. Yeah, so they're like, oh, like... If they had to go down here, like, oh my god, a cop. Okay, he wants us to pull over. But that's not a good turn that you'd make, right? Like, in a normal driving circumstance. And this is, like, modern times. How much do you want to bet those houses so weren't there? So now that we have... Well, that's pretty true. Because that looks like it's a pretty barren slot, regardless of, like, the point two homes that now exist there. And I'm not entirely sure... Like, how far down. the crossroads were. Yeah. Like, it could have been off of Herring and Maine. It could have been off of, you know... I wonder if there's an auto mechanic place now. <laughs> it could have been here. <gasps> Holy shit. Yeah, out... Like, there you go. Oh, how much... What do you want to bet? It might be there. Which is basically a barren, emptied wasteland forest of Shitsville. You know that what? comes up to a place called Yummy Tummy Treats. Yeah, <laughs> it probably wasn't there before. So I zoomed in on the maps to get a closer view of the street. And right where I zoomed in, we did find the grave marker. Kind of just going on intuition. And also what I was saying, yo, it is swampy boondockville, no worse. There are trees on each side of the street. You can't even tell if you're coming or going. Now. So that, that kind of takes away my theory of them running into a field to get dirty, though. Well, because- they would just go through the trees. Weave through the trees. That, that's swampland still. Those are swampy areas, or muddy areas, I should say. Because it's humid. Like, it's you're in Swampyville, or marsh, I should say. Right, yeah. So now that we have more of a uh, clear view of the situation... And it's yeah. pulled off in a very, very, like, It's hidden. right after the town. Right, and, like, there, there's nothing. No. Which also makes me wonder if somebody wasn't in the vehicle with them and told them to pull over. Like got into their car, like maybe waiting for them. Maybe they asked them for a ride home. Maybe they went hey, to go make that. Hey, where you guys that. going? Oh, I'm just heading back home. We're going to go back to my hometown. Dothan or Dothan, I'm sorry. What if he was waiting in their car for them? Like he got in there when they went to go make that pay phone call. At any point in time, we know that the murderer had a, a gun. Oh well, yeah, nine millimeter. So very well could have been in the car waiting or forced his way into the vehicle or just politely asked them for a ride. Maybe they pitched up, picked up a hitchhiker. So to, to shoot from the temple too, because that's a side shot. So either she's passed out at that point. They didn't say if they, if they suffered from like any traumatic injury, like beating or if it indicated like... She had scratches on her arms. Tracy did. Okay. So that could either be from the trees that she was running up against. Possible. Or the fact that... He suddenly thought she might be really itchy. Itchy. <laughs> or grabbed her. And created what with his guy nail scratches? The, Those you, would don't, be like, you don't know. Maybe it was a man and a woman. We have no idea. Maybe they just did it to each other. Like it's What's a suicide like, pact. That is what I'm gonna shoot myself in the cheek. But wait, after I do that, I'm gonna lock us in the trunk too. Right. So like, <laughs> it didn't happen. I'm gonna hold on to my consciousness just long enough. They didn't have a suicide pact. <laughs> So, honestly, I have to feel that it, there was somebody in the car with them. There had to have been that forced them to pull over to the side of the road. That's how I feel. I think it's still a cop that pulled them over. Told to them be to out. get out and to go into the trees. I think he may even have been following them for a bit before he flashed his lights, which could have startled them and caused them to make that zigzag. They went pretty far down that road, though, before he, pulling over. Maybe that wasn't them driving at that point. 
I thought you brought up a great point. What if they moved the car? Keys are gone. And there's mud all over it. They still had stickers in their clothes. Well, yeah. I mean, So like, they would have been, like, relatively So the cop area, pulls them over. The street. He's like, let me see your driver's and registration. I need you to step out of the vehicle. And then he's like, okay, I need you ladies to get back into the car and drive to the car. Because it's like, dude, I'm not leaving my cop tire marks around this area. This will be my last hurrah. I'm going to be, like, if it is a slip-up, like a sloppily done killing, like, I'm going to try to be super stealthy and not use my police cruiser, but instead leave all this other shitty-ass evidence. I lost the street, you guys. I, I got too carried away. Now no, we're I at Yummy Tommy Treats. Yeah, we went What all a way fun, down. happy name for a place right next to such a brutal, senseless death. It probably wasn't there before, <laughs> so. Oh, and How even better I... to put it there now. See, look at that. I mean, that big lots or whatever big little place that was the happen that's probably where the field party was and the birthday party and jenna's house there we go that's the only thing going on in this place so we have all these trees to over here but like literally right at the street is a house okay but this is also like hills have eyes people that live in these areas like god <laughs> stop i mean but look at your location like what do you think lives there okay I'm sure it's reputable, like, lawyers who were studied at Kensington College or whatever. Well, I don't know how old these houses are. They might be new. Yeah, like trailers from that heads that parked them there for the time being. That's a house. It's not a trailer. Well, it's a pop-up house. How do you even know that? You can only see the roof. <laughs> the tin roof with the little coffee can it's as not- a chimney. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, look at that. You That's are inst- absolutely <laughs> correct. I told there's you. a couch on the front porch. Um I tr- I think it was somebody that of law enforcement. After looking at this and seeing the area, I kind of feel that somebody was in their car. I think at some point, yes, I agree with you on that speculation, but I don't know if they were they took them at gunpoint or hostage to drive them there. I believe that that person, I believe it was law enforcement who pulled them over, had them drive out a little ways, had them go through the rigmarole of like driver license and vote. Then, okay, get back in the car, blah, blah, blah. Okay, but then what? But then go go forward in the street, go down Herring Avenue. And then kill them. And then to have a nice little brisk walk back. It doesn't explain the scenario of their clothing, though. You're right. So what that would indicate is the kind of killer that it means. They had some sort of, like, care for them. I don't even want to call it respect, but, like, there was care there. But because they say like so nobody else just these two girls that's what I mean that's where I'm kind of going this is like it could be a sloppily like I slipped I've been fantasizing about this for X amount of years and I finally brought it to fruition tried to cover it up the bestest as I could and whoops and hopefully it'll never come out otherwise so you want to hear something else that I found out I also think it's also it could be brazen like deliberate this is my last hurrah and then I retire so I don't know if this is accurate, but uh, the information that I found, it could have been incorrect, especially given all the speculation around this case. Hollett's dad, the one that passed away in 87, mm-hmm. he worked for the police department. Mm, there you are. He worked for the police department in 87. He died. This happened in 99. Oh, so these girls had some sort of a community connection, if that is indeed true. So you were 100% convinced that there's some shady shit going on at the police department? Usually in small towns like that, nine times out of ten, Yes. Yes, I am. But I always leave room for speculation. So this case is sadly still unsolved. Um, it's supposedly still being looked into. Well, what would you think? Like, what would would you be forever like mad? And, if it was my kid, or it happened to anything? Like, yeah, okay, say it was uh, your kid or your friend or what? That was a murderer or got killed. That was killed. And it's unsolved. I don't think I would ever be able to stop pursuing the information for it. Depending on who the person was in my life, I could 
quite literally be institutionalized because I would probably go insane depending on who it is, especially not having any answers. And honestly, I couldn't for concrete say that I wouldn't lose my mind and start killing people. Like you would just throw in the towel. And I would just be like, I think you did it and I'm going to go blow your brains out. I couldn't. I mean, I don't know. I right. hope it's, that it's I wouldn't go like crazy. But yeah. I mean, it's like super hypothetical because it's such an emotionally charged question and situation. Right. You never know what you're going to do until you do it. Right. The way that, like, and I, I understand that. I mean, I get where you're coming from. And I honestly, I respect, I respect that answer because truthfully, like once injustice has occurred, you know, and it's been, you've been robbed, you've been violated, you've been raped of your innocence. It's, it's forever gone. It's like that fight or flight moment, you know, like how you react. Do you, what do you do to, do you survive it or not? You know, I would like to think personally, if this occurred to me, like a loved one for me, my kid or my family member, friend, whatever. I would be much like if it was unsolved. I would probably spend the rest of my life pursuing answers, trying to find whatever piece or semblance of information um, that would be concrete for me to have. But, but I at also, some point that becomes unhealthy. Well, I wouldn't do it to such an extent where it's like consumed my entire being, but it would definitely never leave my forefront of thinking, you know, but essentially just keep it going, you know, because that's something that means something to me. It matters because it mattered to me. That said, I would also have to really, really, really knowing who I am, find a way to come to terms with accepting the fact that there are no, there will never be answers at this point or right. in my lifetime or whatever. Yeah. And being able to forgive the situation as it is in, in order to continue to live my life because I would want to essentially continue to live and not survive and not throw in the towel. But how do you live in a potentially corrupt city? How do you live in a potentially corrupt city as we do today? You don't. I mean, it's, you ignore it and you move on. And that's what I do. Right. I mean, and that's what I think a lot of us have to like do in a, in a sense, overlooking these things. You do with what works, which is like, honestly, I think you have to find a balance, what you can do, you know, like if that's a way that works best for you and allows you to function in a way that you can feel is like, okay, at least I know I'm not going to like blow my head off or blow someone's head off today. Because I mean, that's happening way more frequently. So clearly a lot of people are not in, har- in harmonious, you know, v- vibes with what's going on. But if you find a way that's conducive and productive and that works for your soul in a way that's hopefully help- healthy and productive, then keep at it. Um, for me, it's kind of like, and I, I'm Jewish, duh. But there is something to be said with my, my people's culture and their religion and race and what they believe in. Essentially, it can't stem from what happened with the Holocaust. Um, they have a statement that they are, have become renowned for saying about it, which is never forget, always forgive, because there's no way you can move on unless you can find some semblance of forgiveness. Because by having forgiveness, it means you fully accepted the situation and you're forgiving yourself to let it go, if that makes sense. That's why I think it would be worse to be the person out there committing these heinous crimes and murder, senseless acts of murder and destruction. Because those people have nothing, they, they are closed off. They want to learn nothing. They have nothing to, to learn. They have nothing, they don't want to grow. They have nothing to provide. They're shut down. And I think that, okay, that's fine that they're there, but they're the instant people that like, I'm going to do this. And they instantly like sink to the bottom of the pool and insta die. Okay. Well, on that note. This has been 4P Soup. Thank you for tuning in. I am Lady. And I'm the Jew. If you'd like to send us some feedback, reach out to us. Our email is gotburks at gmail.com. The G-O-T-B-U-R-K-S at gmail.com. 
Also, keep an eye out because we will be joining that fun little thing called social media here pretty soon. Until next time, peace out and stay alive.